Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will discuss a company that presents a very unique value proposition in oil and gas. I'm speaking of Mallory Energy, trading on the TSXV symbol MOL and on the OTCQB symbol MOLOF. Joining us for a conversation is Joel Dumarisk. He is the CEO of Mallory Energy. Mr. Dumarisk, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, uh, Maurice. It's a pleasure to be here and address your audience. Joel, for first-time listeners, please share who is Mallory Energy. Maurice, Mallory is a uh, publicly traded company. Uh, we're based in uh, Border, Texas, and our assets are based in the north of Texas in an area known as the uh, Texas Panhandle. Uh, we're listed, as you uh, indicated earlier, on the uh, Canadian markets under the symbol MOL as well as here in uh, the U.S. on the OTCQB under the symbol M-O-L-O-F. Now, Joel, please share with us how Mallory got its start and what the business is that you've been focused upon in the Texas panhandle. Certainly. Let me start by uh, telling your listeners that when we began our business in Texas about 18 months ago, oil was at a cyclical low of about $26 a barrel. And, of course, the industry was pretty much in turmoil look back on it now and uh, question what we would have been thinking at the time. However, in hindsight, it was the perfect time to act as assets were at historically cheap levels and we were able to purchase a 25% working interest in some very compelling acreage for what was modest money. Now at the time, that production was small. Maurice, it was about 40 barrels of oil a day and the reserves were worth about $5 million. We, along with our Texas-based partners, then set about recompleting or repairing some of these old wells that we inherited on this acreage that had been broken down and had been non-producing for many years. Over the next nine months, we recompleted over 100 wells, uh, during which we built our production from 40 barrels to over 400 barrels of oil, basically a tenfold increase. And we further built our reserve value from $5 million to over $30 million, an increase of more than 600%. So during this period, and as a result of the success that we've been enjoying, our share price has increased tenfold. And yet, in our opinion, it's still a great bargain at these levels. Well, we mutually feel the same way. Now, let's discuss in greater detail Mallory's accomplishments. You've mentioned previously that Mallory owns 25% of its assets. Is that the case for all of its assets? Well, initially we started with 25%, that's correct. It was sufficient to let us get our foot in the door on the panhandle and yet also test our partner out to see how effective they would be at operating our well recompletion program. We hadn't worked with them before. So once we'd established that uh, this could be a good business for us, we approached our partner because we wanted to increase our interest naturally. Of course, they initially resisted as they uh, wanted to retain the 75% control they had at the time. However, over time, we've demonstrated to them that Mallory, with its access to the public markets, could effectively raise money for future development and further development on their behalf. I also believe that they quickly saw the value in owning our shares. And uh, just last week, we reached an agreement to buy another 25% bringing our total interest now to 50% in exchange for making them one of the largest shareholders in our company. So through that transaction, we double our interest in the production as well as the reserves, 
and we also have the strong endorsement of our partner, who I think it's fair to say are extremely pleased to own a large share position in our company. Joe, let's break down some terms for listeners. What is PDP and NPDP? Sure. As I mentioned uh, earlier, we've worked over more than 120 wells now, and we found that the typical well following a workover produces between two and three barrels a day of oil equivalent. So effectively, that's how we get our production figure to about 425 barrels of oil per day. As far as the non-producing wells, we still have over 350 non-producing wells on our acreage, which we plan to tackle over the next couple of years. Now, what is Mallory's strategy with this recompletion program and timeline to take the 350 non-producing wells and return them to production? Yeah, good question. Presently, we have two workover rigs conducting workovers, which should enable us to continue to build our production. At times, we've had more workover rigs, but uh, we found that uh, two is highly efficient for us. So our present focus has shifted from the workover program to our exploration development program, which we believe has the potential to much more quickly grow our production and reserves. However, we'll continue, as I mentioned, to devote uh, money and uh, expertise to our well recompletion program. And what can you share with us about the decline rate on these wells? Many of the wells have produced uh, Maurice for 30 years or longer. The good news about that is that the decline rates are very, very modest. What we found is that consistent with other operators in our area, about a 4% decline per year. So very manageable in terms of our ability to replace that production uh, with the ongoing recompletions that we're conducting. You mentioned exploration, so let's jump to the Red Cave. You recently announced uh, exploration program there. What is the thesis that you're trying to prove there? Through our recompletion campaign, we've established that we can operate effectively in North Texas and build our reserves and production. We've done that uh, and demonstrate our, demonstrated our capabilities to do that. However, earlier this year, we stumbled upon what we and others believe could be one of the biggest new exploration plays in the entire continental U.S., what uh, we are calling the Red Cave Play. When I say we stumbled upon it, what I'm referring to, Maurice, is the fact that we were not the first to identify the potential in the Red Cave Formation. The Red Cave itself is a very shallow, about 2,100 to 2,400 feet below the surface formation. However, the oil and gas within the Red Cave is very tight, so previous explorers largely drilled down through the Red Cave to deeper formations where they achieved better production and ignored the Red Cave. So 30 years ago, they just didn't have the technology to allow them to produce from tight formations. Then, two years ago, a small private company named Adams Affiliates began drilling into the Red Cave, and they were using very modern technology and having tremendous success with their drill program. So Adams is the one that gets the credit for identifying this play. We just happened to have the adjoining acreage to Adams, and when we and our technical team researched their efforts, we found that what Adams had been doing was bringing large, large-scale fracking technology, basically underground explosions, similar to the massive fracks that really have transformed the uh, Permian Basin to the south of us, to the Red Cave, and effectively getting the tight oil and gas to flow, something that the prior explorers had not thought possible. 
So over the past year and a half, Adams has brought more than 50 new producing wells online. Virtually every well has been a success. They've increased their production tenfold, and they now sit on $100 million or more in reserves. So it's a very impressive result. Well, it just turned out that we ourselves, along with our Texas-based partner, had a couple thousand acres with access to the Red Cave. On our existing acreage, we had several hundred potential drill locations, and with that in mind, last month, we set out to test our hypothesis with our own, what we're calling M1 well, which we successfully flowed at between 20 and 25 barrels a day. And that's prior to fracking the well or measuring the gas content. So bottom line, our hypothesis is that we can duplicate the success that Adams has had in the Red Cave, albeit with a twist. All right, what's the twist? The parcel of land that Adams had been drilling upon is less than a thousand acres in size. However, the land that we own with access to this compelling Red Cave is collectively almost 15,000 acres or 15 times the size of what Adams has been focused upon. What are your plans to drill or test this large tract of acreage? Well, we've already completed our first well, as I indicated, which we refer to again as the M1 well on some of our initial acreage. We've yet to frack the well, nor have we tested the gas content yet of the well. So we're talking strictly the oil content. However, the oil content alone has been flowing since we completed the well at a rate of about 25 to 30 barrels a day, which is consistent with the results that Adams has posted on their wells. So we've just announced that we are planning a $3 million drill program for eight appraisal wells to be drilled into the Red Cave and other formations on our newest and most prospective acreage. Of course, we also plan to conduct large-scale fracks on these wells, similar to what Adams has been doing in order to uh, maximize the production. So to confirm for our listeners, Mallory already has production and you're currently drilling? That's indeed correct. So we're producing not only from the recompleted wells that we talked about earlier, but also from the M1 well. And as the next phase of our drilling program uh, begins, uh, we are planning to drill eight or more wells in order to uh, frack and further test this red cake formation. Joe, who makes the decisions with respect to both your recompletion program as well as your recently announced drilling and developments program? It's an excellent question. I told your listeners a few moments ago that our Texas-based partner operates our well recompletion business. That's a very specialized and hands-on business, Maurice, and therefore it's highly appropriate that people who have the expertise and experience in that business operate it for us and make the operational decisions. However, with Mallory's recently announced acquisition of a 75% interest in 11,000 acres of prospective Red Cave acreage, we've chosen not only to have the lion's share of the opportunity, but also to act as the operator, we being Mallory. Our Mallory team, and we're adding to that team as we speak, uh, we can expect to uh, announce some additional hirings in the next few days here has a strong operational experience in drilling and development. So with respect to the drilling and exploration program, I, along with my team, will be making the key operational decisions and providing the direction to our people in the field in Texas. 
You know, you've alluded to your team there. Can you tell us about your team and its capabilities? And also, what can you tell me about your management and operations team? Yeah, I'd be pleased to start by saying how proud I am of the team that we've assembled. More thorough uh, breakdown as well as available uh, on our website. You can see the breakdown of uh, their backgrounds and CVs. So I'll talk about a few of them anyway, just to give you a little bit of a taste for uh, the uh, backgrounds and expertise. Uh, starting with myself, I come from the capital markets world, having worked uh, in the investment banking industry here in Canada for many years. Prior to becoming involved in Mallory, I was in senior management with an exploration company that was drilling oil wells in Eastern Africa, a long ways away from Texas. My CFO, uh, Theo Vanderland, has 20 years experience in the resource industry. He's been with me for almost 10 years. And uh, Theo is intimately familiar with the capital markets and in raising capital, which of course is a key aspect of this. Uh, we need the capital to continue growing our company and growing our assets. As far as our key operational staff, they're based in the uh, border of Texas and the Panhandle. Uh, we have a general manager who's named Randy Dixon. Randy has over 50 years of experience in the panhandle in the oil business, been doing recompletions and drilling wells, and also formally built and successfully sold a number of oil production companies and assets. So Randy's a very successful individual in his own right. In fact, Randy keeps reminding us that he's doing this work for us, not because he needs to be working, but rather because he enjoys the challenge. On the geological and technical side, we have an advisor, Murray Gregg. Murray is based in Houston, Texas, and Murray is widely considered to be one of Texas's leading experts on the Red Cape Formation, as well as other key formations in the north of Texas. So I think it's fair to say that we've got the expertise and the horsepower we need to be very successful with what we're doing. How many potential well locations does Mallory have under lease contracts? Now you're getting to the meat and potatoes of our story and our value proposition. In our estimation, and following our most recent acquisition, we have several hundred potential well locations with access to the Red Cave. You'll recall, Maurice, I told the story earlier of Adams Affiliates, our neighbors that have very successfully drilled these Red Cave wells and had many, many discoveries over the past year, year and a half. Now, our technical team recently built a model where they took the data from the first 40 Adams wells and they built a typical or average well from Adams results. Well, that average well floated approximately 50 barrels of oil equivalent a day. Of course, not every well that we drill will be a success, as have all Adams. And not every well we drill will flow at 50 barrels a day. But you can begin to see what the potential is here if we have just even half the success that Adams has had to date. We could be talking about thousands of barrels of oil and gas equivalent production a day. Let's get to the fun stuff. Talk to us about costs and the value proposition on the drilling. Sure. The good news is that the wells we are drilling are not deep, expensive wells, like what we were faced with on my previous project in Africa. These are all relatively shallow and straightforward wells effectively standard vertical wells going down 3,000 to, say, 3,500 feet. Better yet, Texas is absolutely loaded right now with drilling operators and idle equipment as a result of energy prices having 
been stagnant for some time. So drilling expense is very, very reasonable, which is a key element of this for us. A typical well to that depth will cost us in the neighborhood of around $250,000. When you add on a large frack of say 200,000 to 250,000 pounds of sand, and that's a very large frack, that makes the all-in cost for us about 300 to $325,000 per well. Still a very modest uh, investment uh, to achieve a, an oil well. On a 50 barrel a day well, that's about a six month payback. Very, very attractive risk return. It certainly is. Talk to us about the geological risk. Going back once again to my experience in Africa, we were admittedly back then chasing very, very large targets. It was a different oil environment, very, very high energy prices. And so there was a tolerance for very high risk, high reward exploration. So in that circumstance, the chance of success that we were working with was below 15%. That means, looking at it the other way, an 85% or more chance of failure. So big, big targets, but a very, very low chance of success. What we have here, though, comparatively, with what we're doing with the Red Cave and the Texas Panhandle, our risk is much lower, and our geological chance of success is much, much higher, about an 85% chance of success. The reason for this, Maurice, is that this part of Texas is a proven hydrocarbon producing system. So although you will get varied pay levels on different wells, meaning the, the formation will get thicker and narrower in different parts of the formation, and thus you'll have varied paybacks and rates of return, your, tra- your chance of having a dry well is very, very low, 15%. So it's really more about having a good technical picture of how to best attack your acreage and then being well enough funded to execute on that plan. Joel, this seems like a good time to touch upon some numbers and your company metrics. Can you tell us about your cash levels as well as uh, the amount of debt that you have on your balance sheet? Yes, yes. I'm very pleased to say that we have a very clean balance sheet. Presently, have about a million dollars in cash and no debt. Through our Texas-based partner, we have further access to a reserve-based loan facility that they've drawn down upon which we can draw funding at an attractive 4% to assist with our workover activities. And tell us about your share structure. This time we have approximately 33 million shares outstanding. And in addition to that, within the capital structure, we have 7 million warrants and approximately 3 million incentive uh, options. There are no change of control provisions or fees restricting a buyer from acquiring the company. And uh, what I'm particularly proud of and and pleased of as a shareholder is that management and insiders have a very sizable stake with about 25 to 30% ownership in the company. Which I like to hear myself as well. Joel, we've covered the good. What keeps you up at night that I forgot to ask. <laughs> I, think, I think we've done a pretty good job to date of demonstrating that we can execute and deliver for our shareholders. So generally, I sleep pretty well. However, I know what you're getting at. So if anything were to keep me up, it would probably have to do with global energy prices and the simple fact that we just can't control those. Now, as you'll recall, when we began this effort just over 18 months ago, energy prices were just over half of what they were today, $26, $27 a 
a barrel hop for West, West Texas Intermediate Crude. So that's been a very big positive with the double in the price of, uh, of energy since that time. And moreover, if oil prices soften again, it presents me once again with the opportunity to go out and secure more assets at attractive valuation. So that's not an entirely bad thing. However, like most people in Texas, I'm hopeful we'll see energy prices continue to strengthen. I don't expect them, frankly, to soar back up to $100 right away. But 60 to $65 would be very welcome news and would do a tremendous amount of good for our reserve valuation and also, obviously, for our share price. And for our listeners, we want to thank Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321 Gold and 321 Energy, for introducing us to Malari Energy. And also, we want to share that we took a position in Malari Energy last month. And on a more personal note, I am proud to say that my seven-year-old son, Bryce, also became a shareholder this month. Uh, good job, son. Joel, for someone listening that wants to get more information, please share the website and contact details. Certainly, uh, Maurice. First of all, thank you to you and Bryce for your confidence in the company and, uh, and uh, confidence in management. You can find uh, us on our website at www.malorienergy.com. So once again, that's www.m-o-l-o-r-i-e-n-e-r-g-y.com. Or uh, I recommend you contact our Director of Communications, Judy Ann Plottinger. You can reach uh, Judy Ann at uh, 604-617-5290 or through uh, Judy Ann's email address, which is Judy, J-U-D-Y hyphen Ann, A-N-N, at MalloryEnergy.com. And last but not least, please visit our website www.provenandprobable.com where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Joel Dumaresk of Mallory Energy. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.